This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. So what is up, you guys? I know it's been a while, but welcome back to another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. As always, I am your host, Sydney, sharing the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves over the past few weeks. Like I said, it's been a while since we've checked in, but I am back and I am excited to be joined by a new guest for this week's episode. Uh, I am joined by Alexandria of Black Girls Love Vinyl, the collective dedicated towards everything vinyl and music from Black musicians. Alexandria, do you want to give a quick introduction? Yes. Yeah, so like you stated, I am the creator and founder of Black Girls Love Vinyl. I am an all-around music fanatic. Um, all things music, sound design, um, just soundscape, just diving into all of that. Some people may say I'm mysterious or I'm intimidating with my music, but I am just all around regular lover and a student of just music in general. I love that. And that's what I am excited to dive deeper in for this week's episode. I know I had the pleasure of being introduced to the collective by friend of the show, Ashley of Ash Lemonade. And I quickly became obsessed, even just with like the posting and seeing you all share other kind of vinyl lovers and record collectors, their pages and kind of going on and following them and diving deeper. So I am super duper excited for this episode so we can chat about collecting records and what it means to really be a music fanatic and even kind of like to hone in on building a collection and things that you look for. Um, So yeah, we all get deeper into that for today's episode. But as always, you guys, the first segment of the show that we have is fed up or f***ed up. So for any new listeners of the show, This is where I feel like you really get a chance to know my guests better, because what better way to know somebody than to know what gets under their skin? At least for me, I feel like, you know, when I am getting to know people, getting to know them requires me to know their annoyances, like top of the list, top of mind. My past week, what had me fed up or fucked up? I feel like New Year's rituals They Mm. always have me fed up just because, you know, like it's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, get rid of the old and bring in the new with the new year. But we place such a huge emphasis on everything being new, everything being some sort of like health conscious effort to just be our best self and to do what we didn't do at the top of the year. And it's like, you know what, relax. How about we all take a break? Like, I really wish that was more emphasized. Like, it's the winter month. January is still technically the winter. Like, why not rest? Why not hibernate? Why not prepare for what I technically feel like is the new year is spring. For me, like, spring Mm, is a season of rebirth, renewal, growth, like, Let's plant the let's continue to plant those seeds from December and January 
and more so operate like March is the new year. That's why I'm fed up because mm-hmm. even now I'm thinking like <laughs> deadlines, January deadlines. Yes, yes. They're not my friends. I would I would much rather push it back until March, but I know <laughs> that's not so much doable. So just in terms of like professional and personal growth, I'm trying to prioritize what I know for sure needs to be done in January and more of those things that I would like to incorporate in my life, like routines and things of that nature. I'm like, okay, Sydney, not I'm not going to beat myself up if I do not make this a habit by just say, for instance, January 15th, like I'm going to give myself right. more time and more space. I totally agree with you. I tell my friends, you guys need to give yourself grace. And that's what it just sounds like. You know, like that's what we just all need to do is just give ourselves some grace. And like you said, relax and not, you know, try to go and have these like rituals and stuff. And just everything doesn't have to be by the book. So I'm with you with that. Mm -hmm. And two, I think when you, I feel like it's nothing wrong with holding yourself accountable. But when right. you try to force something upon yourself, that's where it's like a no-go. Because the more you force it upon yourself, the more you see it as it being an obstacle and being something that you are like fighting against in a way. Whereas if mm-hmm. you let it come naturally or say, for instance, you're like, you know what? I want to attend more Pilates classes and you fall off the wagon for a week or so. You just kind of let it be pick it back up and start over again. So I feel like that in itself is just allowing the the natural course to happen. Right. Yeah. Accountability. That's what it counts to. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. That's going to be, I feel like accountability, that's been the word of the decade or so. Right. It, it surely has. I hear it all the time. But what um, about you, Alexandria? What has you fed up or fucked up? Okay, well, (laughs) it's been a lot of that, but honestly, I've been in a space of of peace, and I would say for me, though, that's kind of just had me, like, effed up, is really just, I think how people kind of, like, talk to me, like, you know, like, over social media, um, Mm -hmm. lately, like, I just been, I cut off my, um, you can't reply on my stories like you Mm -hmm. can only like my stories now Mm -hmm. and it's because that people they kind of use judge you based off of like you know the things that you kind of open up about or like just post on your story and then get too comfortable as if we know each other and like say you know something kind of out of context and it's just like okay wait back up here like let me set a boundary (laughs) so I just kind of feel like it's more so I'm trying to protect my peace at this point even more. I'm in the space of that. But like, it just really has me like fucked up when people <laughs> are just like thinking they can just, you know, talk to me any type of way or just kind of like come at me as if they know me. Like I'm approachable, but it's like, okay, you know, really kind of check yourself. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, I feel like social media has allowed people to be a little bit too comfortable. And I've just been seeing that a lot with me. And I'm like, why me? Like, I Mm. don't give off that energy, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm only posting positive stuff. So how is this getting turned into like, you're trying to joke with me, but I see it mostly with men and not women. So (laughs) I like how you incorporated that last, that That last portion. Important part of that. (laughs) Because I definitely agree that men feel a lot more audacity 
in terms of replying and saying what they think is on their mind where you're like, I did not post this for you. What what made you think that this require any sort of response for you? Because I mean, I even had I've had this conversation before just in terms of like close friend content and how men will go out of their way to add you to the close friends. And a lot of times you're like, why are you in here talking about very personable things like I don't feel like I'm the correct audience for this. And even if you were trying to get at me in that sense, this is not how you go about it. We don't have any other relationship established outside of social media. So why do you feel comfortable with showing this to me? But in your case, more so responding to me. Yeah, it's more like people are just, they want to like, I get it. You want to start a conversation, but you're not going about it the right way. And you're just going off of it. I don't know. The approach just be off. And to me, like, again, like I'm a nice person until I'm Mm -hmm. not. And it's just like, come on, like, how am I supposed to respond to this? And it's like, you know, especially with me having a platform, like Black Mm -hmm. Vinyl, it's like, okay, well, I've kind of opened up that space, you know, with my Mm -hmm. personal page where people can approach me. But it's like men are, I'm always finding something like what men have something to say with Black Girls Love Vinyl too sometimes. It's just like, yo, like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> Interesting. Do you have any examples that you would feel comfortable sharing? Okay, well, I know something, this is kind of like an older one, and I'll mm-hmm. just bring this up for this context. But a guy was pretty much trying to address how like finding a woman that, you know, has a passion for music, you know, like with the platform, you know, exemplifies and he was just trying to say like it's hard to find like to date women and all of these things and it's just like okay why are you making this something bigger than what it is like this platform is to highlight women and now you're dragging dating into this but like in a conversational sense where this is not the space for it unfortunately like I get it it could be you know for an event setting or something you know I could do an event around like Black Girls Love Vinyl and have like you know if you want to date or something like these are the dating Mm -hmm. um, type of atmosphere but it was just kind of like okay you just you commented that under a post that was talking about a certain record in the music and then you just your left brain just said okay let me approach this yeah out of my own personal experience because like you said that diverts the actual conversation that you're trying to have which is about music and making it about right. dating you like where is this coming? What does this but have it was, to do? It was kind of, it's just how it came off, I think, too. Mm. So maybe, you know, it was just kind of, it was a long, like, paragraph. You know how Oh, no. It. It's just like, <laughs> okay, sir. <laughs> like, I get it. And I, of course, I addressed it a nice way at first, but then, like, uh, you know, more women had came to me to say, like, okay, um, like, I wouldn't even, like, acknowledge that or, like, why is he even saying that? And I'm like, you know what, you're right. Like, what? what? Where does he coming from with this? But it just be that's more of a bigger sense. And then it's just like other men will come to my son and be like, oh, I don't like that record. Okay, sir. <laughs> like, I didn't ask. No, I would be like, okay. It's, I mean, what do you want me? And I think a lot of times the biggest thing with instances such as those is just like, what do you want me to say? Like, what response do you think this will elicit like do you want me to have an argument with you do you want me to convince you of this like yeah. I'm not gonna do either of those you can right. take no your opinion 
you can take your opinion <laughs> and move on, but especially in the context of music, people are always going to be very opinionated about music. So right. at what point do you feel like I need to make something bigger out of this than what's necessary? Exactly. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, say that before we end the year. <laughs> I'm not having it next year. Again, the women is what I'm here for to support. And that has been going amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, man, I just need y'all to support and not come with the exes. See, fellas, get it together. If you're not going to come on there with a positive attribute, mm-hmm. positive kind con- comment, leave it, leave it where it's at. Yes. But you guys, moving into the main segment of the show, which is the Make It Make Sense segment, we are going to talk about the power of music. So recently I was introduced to vinyls, not so much that I did not know they existed prior to being gifted a turntable, but since I did not collect them and I was more so an admirer of them I didn't see it as like okay I'm gonna have somewhere to play these vinyls if I potentially purchase them um at a close girlfriend she also had like a turntable and I had even gifted her um I believe it was still over it by Summer Walker the vinyl for her birthday but within the context of gifting it to people I never thought like okay I'll get one so when I got one for my birthday I was ecstatic because I was like I love music this is the time for me to jump back into that bag of almost being like an archaeologist in a way like I'm collecting something that's valuable that speaks to me I have always loved music so it was just like okay you know it's time for me to get into get into this area that I previously just didn't think about and again I'm a huge lover of music I feel like if there were actual like wordings towards having music as a love language mm-hmm. that would be me like the minute anybody is like, oh, hey, I heard this song. I thought you might like it. Or here's yeah. a playlist. I am literally like, you love me. Like, <laughs> you love me and you know me. Especially if it's a song that I'm really like, I love it. Like, I have to incorporate it into one of my playlists somehow, some way. Then I'm all for it. But again, just recently being gifted my vinyl, I have just jumped into it more and it's a community. I feel like that, that, that portion of it, I did not realize. Like I knew beforehand that people collected vinyls, um, and that people will post about their kind of findings and going to the record store. Um, I'm based in St. Louis. So we do have a few record stores that people can go into and look around. So I had always been curious, but again, not top of mind since I did not have one. But now that I'm here, I'm like, let's get this show started. And I can honestly say I'm also kind of addicted. Like, I feel like I have been yes, buying vinyls <laughs> just because I'm like, I can go home and play this record. And the um, turntable I have, it's a Crosby. So it technically okay. has the um turntable aspect as well as the bluetooth so a lot of times Mm -hmm. i'll find myself like switching back and forth between them um so yeah but getting into the reason i've had 
Alexandria on the show is, you know, I got some questions for you. Um, but what has your background been in music? Yes. So, I mean, honestly, it's kind of all funny because um, when I was younger and I'm from St. Louis as well. So um, when I was younger growing up, like I've had, you know, always just listening to music. But my parents, like they listen to smooth jazz a lot in the car, you know, the radio station and stuff. And also just my dad having like his own taste of music. Like he listened to like Kraftwerk and like DJ Quick and just like all different types of artists um, from, you know, West Coast, East Coast, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of introduced me to find, you know, at the time, like I'm I'm a 92 baby. So um, the internet at the time, you know, we had like LimeWire, BearShare. those kind of things and then you know with my space so my discovery for music really kind of opened up on the internet first and mm-hmm. then translated into like collecting collecting records but like far as working in music professionally I just started that this year so it's it's totally different obviously than being a fan of music and working in music um from my learnings but I've always wanted to work in music I just think that um, pursuing it was just kind of like a hesitation just because of like the things that I was into, like doing science stuff. So I just kind of went that route. But once I kind of realized like, you know, this is really what I love to do. People keep telling me I should do it. It comes up in conversations a lot. I'm always like connected to a musician or friends that, you know, are in music. So I'm just like, okay, like I collect records, you know, um, in college, I started collecting records. And um, it's just been a part of my life to the point where I'm just like, I want it to align so much that I'm doing my passion project, Black Girls Love Vinyl, and working in music. And so um, that's how it is. And I'm like, I'm more so on like the sync side. I'm, I don't know if you heard about sync licensing. So that's kind of the side of music that I work on. And it's, it's still like within listening to music because that has to place, you know, music with visual media. So um I love it it allows me to still you know have like my own music library at home which is my record collection and I'm just like okay like now life at 30 is starting to make sense to me and the involvement in music is so powerful for me nice and I love how you said it kind of ties back to just the natural love that you have for music and it just starting early on I can definitely like align with having grown up in a household where music was played regularly and my mom had a very wide array of CDs and playing music on Saturday morning and Sunday morning when she was cleaning and even being in the car on road trips and her kind of having that humongous giant like case full of different CDs and switching them out to play different CDs in the car so that was always my first introduction to music um my dad had DJed while he was in college so even then he had like crates and crates of records that he used to go through and he was probably similar to my mom and just having CDs so I definitely can see the background there. And even just growing up, being a 90s baby, I feel like we, our generation really trickles the line between 
kind of that old school introduction yeah. to music as well as the new school introduction because we did grow up with being on the internet and downloading from LimeWire and at the same time coming home from school and watching 106 in Park and keeping right. up with the top 10 and being very much like I have to get home so I can see what's even on the top 10 is yeah. this a song I want to hear? Is there another song that I would prefer to hear? So I definitely can see that connection. Um, and one other thing I was going to ask too is what made you start collecting records? Yeah, so I know like usually when I'm asked this question, it changes now. It definitely means something different to me today. But in starting out, it was solely for the simple fact that I wanted to produce music. Um, I was very into like music production. Like again, when I was younger, I actually downloaded um, FL Studio into our home computer. And my parents were like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, what do you have on our computer? All these different files and stuff. And like back then, that was just too much um, mm -hmm. like to have. <laughs> And so I had to delete the whole thing. So I was just like, <laughs> okay, so there goes that, you know, me trying to learn something new. Mm -hmm. So, um, but once I got in college, it came back as a rediscovery. It's always been there for me to want to produce music um, mm -hmm. just because of how I search for music um, and the discoveries I find. But so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start like building a collection. Like I would actually go into like vintage vinyl and stuff before like in high school, but never would buy anything. I was just kind of like, I don't know. I still kind of intimidated, honestly, at the mm -hmm. time. Like now I'm not intimidated when I go to record shops and stuff. And even starting out collecting, I wasn't intimidated. But it really started just, you know, having my own space and just like, okay, I need to fill this space up with you know, things that I love and I'm like, I should start record collecting and having friends that was doing that, it really helped like push it more. So mm -hmm. um, I started out in that way, but now what record collecting, why I collect records is because I really am just trying to keep up with myself. Um, I feel like I discover music at a very fast pace at this mm -hmm. point. We're like trying to track it down and like Spotify or Apple Music, like any DSP is just like, it's not enough for me. Like I need to have it physically. So like now I like my record collection to kind of translate that obscurity of all the things that I find. Um, and so I'm really just collecting records to kind of just build my music library and have something to really pass down to like my kids. I want to have kids one day. So, you know, pass down to generations. Um, but more so for them to like reflect my discoveries of how I do music. Um, because mm -hmm. I'm very into different just sounds and instruments and mm -hmm. anything that just sounds so like out there far out. Do you there. have a favorite genre? Favorite genre? Um, right now it's still pretty much jazz. Um, but electronic was honestly my favorite, like in high school and stuff. My friends thought it was so weird. But <laughs> but that's just the stuff I was into. I was just like, yo, like that scene at the time and just following things in France, just like all those things. So electronic was kind of like the starting base for me. But like now it's, you know, being older now, I'm just like, I have this appreciation for jazz. And so it resonates with me more. I'm getting into like, obviously more classical stuff. Um, and just finding anything like earth sounds, just um, like my favorite right now is um, John Hassel. He actually passed away last year, but he 
kind of create like his own style and genre of just using implementing things from his life Mm -hmm. and putting that to sound so like I would say like that's anything within that room is kind of like my favorite right now along with like the jazz that I listen to like Herbie Hancock um, Herbie Mann so like those people oh yeah (laughs) nice nice and I can definitely like to see how I kind of fall in that category too of being like you know with collecting records I've noticed my taste has expanded just because it's not even always about okay who is this artist what genre is this but even just the appeal of the actual like record cover and stuff some things kind of speak to you more you're like you know what I'm just gonna take this on a whim like let me see what this (laughs) sound is and then once you hear it you're like I like this it it kind of speaks to me. Um, I've definitely fallen back into listening to more soul music. I'm a person, I love electronic music. I love like alternative R&B. So like Steve Lacey, K. Trinata, no worries. But lately I've been more into like Donny Hathaway, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. And even just thinking about them at their prime, like they had records. That's what people were listening to as a medium to like collect to their music. So even getting a chance to do that, um, going to the record stores is always fun because you don't know what you're going to come across, whether that be like a really unique find or something that you kind of, you know, had forgotten about. Like I even know recently I had went to a record store um, over on Manchester and I'm a big fan of Childish Gambino. I forgot the name of it. Planet. Yes, it's Planet. Planet Record Store. I love that place. So, you know. And it's in a cut. Like, if you really weren't paying attention, you wouldn't know it was a record store or anything like that. So I think one day I was running errands. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to run inside. I'm going to look around. And I found a an old um, Childish Gambino mixtape that they had made into a vinyl. And even now, the only way to like listen to the mixtape is on like SoundCloud and YouTube because it's not on any streaming services. And I still don't feel like spending the $60 for it per se, (laughs) but I'm still like, it's there. And I know at one point in time, I played that mixtape when I was in college during the summer, like, back to back to back to back so even seeing that and having those memories and like recollecting that point in time I'm like I feel like with records it kind of takes you there because again a lot of records um they there aren't like massively produced as they once were like they still are very much kind of more not so much an antique but you kind of got to go digging for Right, and, definitely. And I know um, one thing I was going to say too is since you've built the community of Black girls, love vinyl, like what was even that journey like? Like connecting with other lovers of music? I mean, I feel like with Black people, music has always spoken to our community. Like just how we go about making music, the genres we kind of touch on or even the genres that we find. I feel like music is very much intrinsic to Black Americans. But what was that journey even like? 
Yeah, so exactly like what you're saying, like it, it's a pilling interest. I mean, I feel like music is Black people. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we really have that strong connections to like from our ancestors on. It's just all the different rhythms and all of that. So being on that journey, I think for me, it started with self-reflection. So I had to do some kind of deep diving and figure out how I want to express myself, you know, having these passions and things. But once I was like uh, modeling like my record collection around like Los Angeles at the time, it dawned on me that like, you know, this is something that I want to showcase on social media, you know, for people to see since this is something I just do on my day to day. But it was like, where are the other like black women that are doing this? I know we exist. I know black women collect records, but we always see it, you know, in like DJ spaces with male dominated you know mm-hmm. so I was I'm like okay I just want to create a community where I can highlight the everyday woman it doesn't matter you know you don't need to work in music you don't need to have a platform in music you just do this as a hobby you know this is an interest of yours and plus like you know this is our history like this is a part of who we are and our families our upbringing so I know we exist I just mm-hmm. don't see it so I was I have to create and it was I went back and forth with myself like okay do I really have to do this but I was like no I have to do it like if I'm gonna sit up here and do this and this is what I'm passionate about and my friends are like yo like you're making me you know realize and discover new things I'm like well I have to do this (laughs) so I created the page um I started off with the page I also had the website too I believe because I built out the website Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do a general, just like media platform of anything around like vinyl centric, like around that space. But the Black Girls Love Vinyl just kept coming up. And I was like, okay, um, let's make the page. I want to post a picture of myself first with the record. And I have the Solange record over my face. Um, shout out to my friend. He was so down to like be a part of like this project in general, like any type of support I needed. Mm-hmm. And I uploaded that and kind of did like the hashtag that I already kind of knew, you know, that people were using, the vinyl community was using on social media. Did that and then it just kind of started coming to me. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed that like prior to starting, I did notice like a couple few sprinkled here and there. So like I definitely made those connections. Mm-hmm. But then that, con- you know, that connection opened up to more connections. So, and then now I'm seeing like everyone is like, you know, now creating pages, you know, outside of like their personal pages, like it's becoming like a niche and like an influence. And I mm-hmm. love it because everyone's just like expressing themselves, but more so black women are saying like, oh, like there's a, a platform that this is highlighted. So like now I feel mm-hmm. comfortable to share my music taste and my collection. And that's really what it's about. I want to see that like I want to see black women show their music taste because we always hear about music and you know faces and I'm just like no women we we represent this too like our music taste matters so we have to be represented and I think vinyl was the best way to represent you know showcasing a music taste and, mm-hmm. and that's how black girls love vinyl pretty much is evolving and still becoming yes and that's amazing because like you said before, music is Black people. Like, we have been so deeply embedded in the American music history. Like, it's time that we highlight those tastes. It's time that we highlight that versatility and just all of the different areas that 
part of, whether it be jazz, whether it be blues, whether it be rock or alternative or indie music, like we have our own little intricacies there, which I think is great. And I know even then, I love just seeing more of the vinyl community pop up on my Instagram. Like, I feel like typically my Instagram is so bombarded with just like influencer content in terms Mm -hmm. of like, not so much not being authentic, but just trying to promote and sell something. Like it's always like, oh, buy this new product or, oh, I got these cute shoes on sale or I got this. Whereas with music and within the vinyl community, I've noticed it's just more so like, this is my favorite record. Right. What's y'all's? What, what do you love from this album? Or I made this new discovery recently. This is why I'm choosing to highlight it, which I feel like is a bit more authentic. And it's not something of like, okay, I got to buy into this to see if it really works or if it lives up to a standard with music. It's more like, okay, either I like it or I don't, but most times I like it. Like I have come across so many more creators in that instincts. And I'm like, I like this. And even now I've noticed a lot of the vinyl community highlighting, um, CDs and groups that were very popular amongst my mom's generation. Like growing up, my mom played so much Jill Scott. My mom played so (laughs) much SWV. My mom played so much in Vogue. And I think I had kind of gotten not so much. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I guess I kind of tuned it out. Like I heard it so much. I'm like, oh yeah, like I know who that is, but like I'm just going to kind of move on. Whereas now with my vinyls and even kind of connecting to music on a deeper level, I'm like, wait a minute, let me run that back. Like they was really singing and they had so, they put so much, I feel like of their soul and life into forming this art that I feel like it has grown my appreciation for it a lot more again I I love music I love black artists I love black art but I feel like this is really showcased a deeper love for because I'm just like it's something that I appreciate about this much more now um and I also was gonna ask you if you can remember what was the first record that you bought the first record (laughs) like I I should know this but it always kind of Okay, the first record, I've, I've thought about it more and more because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's be real. But um, the first record I bought, it was with a batch of records, like probably a batch of three. Mm-hmm. Um, it was from a record shop in Newport News, Virginia. Um, that's closed down now and I kind of forgot the name. And I was with a friend. I I know it was a Hir- Hiroshima record in there, which is like a jazz is a japanese jazz band that's more they're americanized so they're pretty mm-hmm. much from america um and then there was a folk record in there i just ran randomly bought it off of the cover again i was you know kind of searching for records that i can sample so please forgive me i was not looking for like classics at the time you were okay <laughs> and it was one more record and i can't remember but i know chromio too was also a record that I bought nice. from, like from Urban Outfitters randomly, which looking back at that time, I definitely should have bought like an Outcast record 
or something at that time. But I was just like, no, I'm going for something that, you know, that I don't have easy access to or that, you know, because with music, I, I like to kind of keep it on a discovery, especially with records. So that was why I kind of went for that. <laughs> that Chromeo nice. record over like Outcast. But now looking back, I'm like, dang, I want that Outcast record. But now I'm just like, I want the OG copy and those are like expensive to have. But very that's kind of how I'm looking how I'm gonna add it at this point. <laughs> nice. So, um yeah. what would you say is the most unique record you have? Unique record. Oh, that's a great question. Mm. You know, I'm going to go with, just because this is like recently on my mind and I was kind of looking at my record collection, even though half of it is in a box still. So no telling what the correct answer to this could really be. But I'm going to go with my Stevie Wonder record, um, Where I'm Coming From. Um, That's a very underrated album. Also, the way that it's packaged is so dope. And that's why I'm bringing it up because really like, it's like if you pull it out because it's like um the wording like where i'm coming from is kind of carved out oh yeah see look you have stevie wonder <laughs> love that yes i love i love that album too i need to actually get all of his discographies but with that particular record it's just so unique i don't i didn't think i appreciated so much before but now like looking at it and I'm like oh I remember when I bought that because when I was at the store I was actually at a record parlor in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and I remember going into record parlor like I was looking at a lot of their soul stuff and I'm like "Eh, I don't know what I'm gonna get like Mm -hmm. and then I asked and usually I don't ask anything (laughs) when I go in there but something told me to just ask the guy because they were playing like some really dope music like some, Mm -hmm. some cuts that I've never heard before so I'm like okay what like record do you think you know would you recommend for me in the soul and he was just like you should get like this stevie wonder he's like a lot of people kind of like pass over it and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and get it and it was like probably like five bucks or something and and now i've grown to really appreciate the album even more i'm like this is such an underrated stevie album like all the different like tones and arrangements in it i'm just like i love this so I would say that one's unique, um, mm-hmm. but of course I have like a lot of stuff that like, <laughs> so it's just kind of far out there. Um, like my friend gave me a Japanese record. Like you can't, is everything is in is in um, Japanese. So you can't read any of it, but like I put it on one day and I'm like, yo, like this is stuff on here that I can sample. But like, I couldn't tell you the name of it. Like you have to go by the number code on it. And I think you can't even find out like this. Like it's not even um law. Wow. So I'm just like, yo, of course my friend would give me this because he's a producer and he's mm-hmm. probably found it somewhere random as hell, like mm-hmm. probably Goodwill or something, but it's like totally in good condition. And I'm just like, oh, like, I don't think nobody has this. I might be the only one with this. And if somebody has it somewhere lost in Japan, you know, flying floating around in Japan. So I but that makes like, it but that makes it even cooler when you go back to what you said before like having this collection to potentially pass down to your children like exactly. you won't be able to find this anywhere else and I promise you this will only develop your ear for music further because I mean the yeah. more exposed you are to other genres the more you can appreciate the little things like, okay, well, I like this more acoustically, or I like how this singer is like, 
over this or even like bands. Like I know me personally, I already knew Stevie Nicks was amazing, but just hearing even Fleetwood Mac and Dreams on like vinyl, I'm like, my girl knew what she was talking about. Like at that point in time, just for again, that to be the more popular medium, like I can only imagine what it was like their first time playing that and hearing that. Yeah. And I think that is so amazing. I know this was maybe a year ago. um, A friend and I, we were just out randomly and we had gone for drinks and we were just kind of like bopping around the city, hanging out. And we went into this actual art store. Like they actually sold, it was like paintings and artwork. And the guy had a collection of records And they were for sale, but it was still like a small collection. And me and my friend were going through them. Again, at this point in time, I did not have a record player. So I was just more so looking and admiring them. And he was telling us about the different records. Like he had, I'm I'm obsessed with Beyonce, but he had a Destiny's Child record from the 90s. And it was with um, Say My Name, but it actually had the Kobe Bryant verse where he did a remix on Say My Name. And he was telling us about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, they don't really make those. Like, he's like, I don't even think they produce the record anymore. And you may be able to find the song on like one of the streaming platforms, but I'm not sure. Like, it's literally a gem. It's one of a kind. And Something really told me I should have bought it right then. Regardless, yeah, girl, I want that. <laughs> regardless I want of whether I, or not yeah. I could have been able to play it. Oh, well, you would have eventually got the record player. I would that have. That would have ensured you to like, okay, I need to get a record player. Because honestly, that's how I kind of started off. Like, I didn't have a record player immediately. But then my friend was like, mm-hmm. yo, you can have this record player. And I'm like, yes, obviously I need that. Because how else? you know why would I keep spending money on something so I Mm -hmm. feel like it would have you know kind of it would have for you to have it it would have (laughs) like I should have just went for it because even then I think I realized afterwards like Sydney you you are already obsessed with Beyonce like just go back and I tried going back even before I had the record player again like oh okay like do you still have it and he's like oh no I actually sold it and I was like of course he did that's what normally happens (laughs) I was like oh my god why would you sell that like I wanted it so bad but still like you said it was an opportunity for me to be like you know what girl just go ahead and buy this at least you'll have it to have and I know this past weekend I was kind of sad as well because uh Metro Boomin he just produced an album and he did a album signing at Vintage Vinyl Vintage Vinyl yeah and you know what (laughs) I'm going to say what I got to say. They should have promoted it more because I do not know how I didn't know about it. Like, I literally he, didn't it was know about on his it. Page. I, it was on his page. So, like, if you follow him, but even so, you know, that can be hit or miss with, you know, with the algorithm that can maybe not reach you. So, like, you literally, said, it should have been promoted. Literally. You know, maybe they ran an ad for it or something. <laughs> it was no ads, y'all. I, I think I just came across it because... I had been on my couch on like a Sunday. I was just relaxing and resting. And I had thought about like, okay, maybe I should run to the record store just to look around because I hadn't been in a while. And so it's a record and it's a record store in South St. Louis that I thought about going to, but I feel like they closed earlier. um, The record exchange. 
Yes, but they cur- they okay. close early on Sunday and I was okay. moving slow. So I'm like, okay, well, I can always just run into vintage vinyl. And sure enough, as I'm saying that, that's when it literally came up. Like, oh, I'm going to be doing a record sign. I'm like, oh my God, like what? So I call up one of my girlfriends and she's like, well, I'll meet you there. Like we can go. And even when we went, like the line was, was wrapped long. around the building. It was very long. <laughs> I knew. I was very yeah. upset. I was like, you know, I really, I really could have went for having like a signed copy of Savage Mode 2 on vinyl because mm-hmm. I love that oh, album yeah. in general, but I was just like, damn. Right. So that just lets me know, like, even with collecting vinyls, like you're 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 almost in a way like collecting a part of history which I think is the coolest part of it. Like not so much for aesthetic purposes, but really being able to kind of go back and tell a story. Because again, just like I showed you that um, Stevie Wonder album, my grandmother gifted that to me. Like this past Thanksgiving, I was at her house and I had cracked a joke to her like, oh, I want some Marvin Gaye. I want some other soul music. And she's like, Sydney. I have a collection of vinyls, like of records that I'm not listening to anymore. Like you are more than welcome to go through them. And so as I'm going through a collection, I'm like, oh my God, you have this, you have this. And she's like, yeah, girl, like that's, that's the only way I could listen to them back then. What right. you mean? And as I was talking to her, she even was telling me stories because I know she talked about how when my dad was a child, like my dad was born 1970, but she even talked about how when Stevie Wonder came to St. Louis and he had a concert and how they literally waited until about two or 1 a.m. in the morning to see Stevie Wonder play. And they were like, you know, we could have left, but we knew like, this is a (laughs) one in a lifetime concert. Like there is something about this moment that we know for sure we can't replicate and they did they stayed they bought the vinyl they took it home so I feel like just even being able to maybe replicate stories like that with my future children I'm like that is so cool like that is so dope yeah that's that's what I'm doing it for (laughs) just kind of keep it going you know because I feel like even like the research right now with vinyl has been coming back a lot as you're seeing, you know, and at a certain point, it wasn't like that. Like, I remember when I when I was starting out and even before, you know, it was just kind of quiet. It was just like a thing that people, you know, still did, but it wasn't talked about and highlighted. But now, you know, to get records, it's like pre-orders, you know, like the pressing plants are like backed up. Like, it's so many things happening you know with this research of like um people collecting records now and and again like you're saying like your grandparents you know waiting in line for stevie wonder same thing you know with records you know for record store day people are standing in lines probably mm-hmm. the night before you know camping out like it's black friday so it's it's amazing to see i unfortunately can't stand in no lines but <laughs> look my knees don't work like they used to <laughs> I am 30. I can't do the lines. I just don't have the patience, but I love to see that music is really resonating with, you know, all generations and, you know, like shout out to Metro Boomin because he's from St. Louis too. And just to have that, you know, support 
mm-hmm. um, with that. So I, I love seeing kind of, it's almost like history is repeating itself too. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. And it is nice to see that younger generation and coming in with their own spin of like, yeah. okay, how can we make this a thing? How does it speak to our music taste? And it kind of contradicts that old saying of even like, oh, the newer generations don't know music or yeah. the quality of music has diminished so much. And it's like, not exactly. There's always going to be good music. You just have to always. go out there and look for it and exactly. be willing and open-minded to hear something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone and is a little bit different and kind of fall into that. And I, I'm trying to jump more into it. I know me, my anxiety, <laughs> it, 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 it don't want to let me have it, but I'm gonna go ahead. Going but on? even going on like the, um, online record stores how they do the mystery box oh, okay. I'm like you know oh, what yeah. I'm gonna just have to take a stab I'm gonna just have that to do the mystery a, box a it's a this jump a but at the same time it's like who knows the fun in it yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly what you said that's the fun in it <laughs> like why not what how will it hurt me to spend 35 40 dollars to be open-minded and hear something that I haven't heard before and then too in a way a lot of record stores are owned locally. Like, I don't know a lot of chain record stores. So essentially you're giving back, you're putting that money back into your community because a lot right. of people who own these stores, they're mom and pops. It's a small business. Yep. They're looking for ways to kind of expand and reach a new audience. So you even coming in to support them, like you never know where that dollar could go compared to spending money on a streaming service like apple and spotify which already make millions of dollars Ooh. and they don't really don't make me they don't compensate artists they do not come we can <laughs> right. say that they do not compensate artists as, as easy as it is to open spotify yeah. it's still the sad sad um it's still the sad sad clarification that they don't really compensate their artists so to really kind of give back i think it's nice um and again, yeah, just an opportunity it. to introduce yourself to new music. And one last thing that I would love for you to kind of leave my audience with before we go into the last segment of the show, but what tips would you give for somebody looking to build their record collection? Yes. Uh, well, I would definitely give the tips that I had to learn the hard way, um, things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> so I guess I could start there too um I would definitely like you were saying definitely be open-minded you know be open to discovery because it can be overwhelming you know your first time going into a record shop you just see all these records I mean you probably don't even know which direction to go you're probably looking like okay so where do I even start I mean I would just start by I always look for like jazz or soul I always start off with mainly soul I would say and just kind of go in there because it gets you more relaxed. And then, you know, as you start seeing stuff, you may see some stuff you've never seen before. My suggestion is also to bring like headphones with you, um, you know, some AirPods or whatever you have and look it up, look up the record. If you, I mean, like most record shops, they do have like a listening station. I advise listening to the record before you purchase it um, just for quality, you know, um, quality just control of looking at that um because yes records can be cheap but that doesn't mean they're in good quality which can 
end up messing with your needles and things like that. So it can become expensive when you're trying to like have quantity over, you know, quality. I think I've been right. Um, but I would definitely say if you're somebody like me, like I'm at a point now where I move so fast that I'm like, okay, well, let me just look this up real quick. I'll listen to it as I'm still digging through records. So, you know, if I'm not sure if I'm going to buy or not, because I'm very frugal now. Cause at first I was just like, yeah, let me just buy whatever. Let me build this collection. Now I'm just like, no, it has to have some intention behind it. Yeah. Read the back. Like literally I spend time. Like I, I think that if you are going to start out, you know, make sure you divide some time within your day to kind of spend time at the record store. Don't try to put a time limit on yourself because it's really a place of discovery. Like you want to search high and low and find stuff. It's supposed to be fun. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a great hobby. So you definitely want to just make time for that discovery because it takes a while. It takes a while. I mean, it, again, it's going to be intimidating at first if you're starting out, but if you want to build on, it's about learning. So you can also like, I take notes in my phone. If I'm not going to buy that record today, I put the artist in my phone so I can go back home, look it up on YouTube or something. If it's not on, you know, streaming platforms and do it that way. So that's a way that you can really kind of build like up your music taste and discover new artists. So like when you go to a record shop again, it's like, okay, I kind of have these things in mind, but I'm still going here with an open mind to discover a new thing so I would just you gotta have fun with it I mean there's really no right or wrong way but to um you know avoid just spending outrageous money at first I would definitely say it's quality over quantity is mm-hmm. my biggest advice because those dollar records sometimes just be like really trashed and that's why they're a dollar or 50 cents you know um so, you know, you just got to be mindful of like stuff like that because the, the record shops, they have it there for a reason. You know, they're trying to get rid of it. They know somebody, maybe you buy it, maybe you buy it for a dollar because you just like the um, cover art. You know, I say buy it for that, but don't try to, you know, play that on your um, nice turntable or whatever because you're going to mess up some needles and you're going to go through some needles and we don't want that because those yes. things are expensive. Um I would say, as far as like um, a turntable, um, you like what you have. I would start off like with a Crosley, or um, I have Audio Technica. They come in various price range, so you know, get something within your comfortability of price range. Don't worry about all the fancy stuff. You will get there. I know for me, I wanted that immediately, but of course, I'm like, no. Let's look. You're a college student. Let's be realistic. By you know, my friend gave me. Thank God he gave me one. But I did have to upgrade. And even mm-hmm. with upgrading, you know, not trying to spend a ton of money on that. So now I have like a nice turntable that I'm kind of settled on. That's gonna you know keep me going for a little minute. But I am now want to expand more into high fidelity audio file equipment because you know I'm trying to build a home around this and have my own listening room so I'm diving into more of those things but starting out just be so open-minded ask questions definitely don't be intimidated by the record store people look like they're in it but they're all day just sitting around there probably logging some stuff in the computer perhaps but definitely ask questions don't be intimidated so yes I love that and I like how too even you said with the people who kind of own the record store I've noticed 
as I've gone in, they kind of give you recommendations too. Like if they notice you browsing a section or you looking at a particular artist, they will come up to you and be like, oh, hey, like I noticed you looking at this person. Like we have this or did you get a chance to hear this? And they'll kind of tell you more about it. So even being open to that, I feel like can lead you to some good areas and some great listens. Um, You guys moving into... The final segment of the show, we have You Are Drove. So for all my non-St. Louisans, um, drove is terminology for, (laughs) you know, just thinking something was going to work out in your favor and it did not. We have all been there, but I am here this week with a story that we have seen far and wide in the news. And I feel like it's a very, I wouldn't say controversial topic, but it's a heavily discussed topic. But I am going to be talking about the Good Morning America cheating drama. Um, Aside from the World Cup, you know, there is one event <laughs> playing out on live TV that has had everybody hooked. And um, it's basically been about the Good Morning America show host and anchors Amy Roback and um, TJ Holmes, both of whom were married and were also photographed, you know, holding hands, cozying up. And this news was released, I believe, last Monday. And, you know, it quickly made its rounds on the internet and on Twitter and on other social media platforms, just basically showcasing that they were having an affair. Um, And just recently, this week, they were pulled off air from Good Morning America because their romance had become an internal and external distraction, which I think is like, that is so profound just considering cable news in general. I feel like cable news fiends from drama. Like what other reason would people tune in had there not been any drama? But, um, you know, America, we have a very, very strong cultural appetite for anything scandalous and salacious like that is nothing new but I feel like with their situation in general it's very you know like it kind of bring it kind of pulls you in because again these are people that are very much in the public eye they are on a nationally syndicated television show this is good morning America like People wake up and watch this show with their cup of coffee, they're tuning in, whether it be hard hitting news stories or even more of those lighter, fluffier um, news stories. Everybody knows what Good Morning America is. So to even have this light kind of shined on the show about like a good gossip, I feel like that's a lot. It's a lot. And again, all of the images on the internet of both Amy and TJ are kind of scandalous. Like they're holding hands, they're cuddled up, they're like out secluded with each other. And even now more people are pulling up old clips of them together and kind of instigating, I should say like, hmm, seems like they were a little too comfortable here. Or she kind of made this joke like, How can that be seen now with the new light shed upon the situation, which I think is crazy. And even then, there's been more information that has unfortunately come out about TJ being an alleged serial cheater. Like, there's been news about him having had at least 
one other alleged affair with somebody else that is a part of the production crew for a good morning America, which I think is nasty. Like, Oh, like I personally, I am not a person who at all promotes dating in the workplace, even on a lower scale, like I don't want to date anybody I work with just because the likelihood of it not working out and us still having to deal with each other is so high. Like again, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm, I am easily discouraged. So that would easily put me off because it's no way I would want to be coming into this workplace seeing this person and we did not work out. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> You know, well, I do want to chime in and just say with this situation, so apparently like his wife, um, she's a lawyer and she also worked in music. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she was at Rock Nation or something before, but I feel like she hired a PI, like a private investigator to get those photos. Those photos are very intentional to capture Mm -hmm. and she had to know about this going Mm -hmm. on but she just went strategically about it but I really do feel for her um you know they have a family you know children involved and you know anytime you have children involved it's just not like how do y'all not think of that first but of course less than all of that and it's just like wow like you really you is bottom of the bottom sir (laughs) I bottom, <laughs> bottom of the bottom and you literally have the audacity to do this with somebody just as public as you are like this wasn't anybody who was a little bit more removed from the public eye who right. might have been in a position that was a little bit more internally based that you know more people wouldn't view but you did this with your Coley, the other anchor, like she has just as much visibility as you. Why would you not think at any point in time, if anything about this gets out, it is going to be terrible? Like I, I think that's the thing for me, just the audacity. Like at no point in time, at no point in time, did anybody (laughs) say, you know what? This is just this is a bad idea. I don't see this working out well. For either one of us that's that's the biggest thing on my end um and even how they played the clips like after the yeah. news broke and how they were kind of on air and how yeah. they were still making little comments like oh it's been a week it's been I'm over it I'm tired of this week like I bet you are girl I bet you are bet- <laughs> you've you been cheating you live in two double eyes <laughs> like I bet you are better than his hard work but Got a lot going on you got a lot going on and at the end of the day. Did you not just, I don't, but you know what? I guess in a way it just goes to show people can be very intelligent. People can be very Always. attractive. People can Always. be very personable and charismatic and still have these just underlining issues and kind of like cons that you don't always see (laughs) on the surface level and not so much to like critically examine them or be like oh they're this they're that it's just more so like again as adults (laughs) why did anybody think this was a good idea as many times have we seen scandals play out and things happen especially within I feel like a big 
news organizations such as Good right. Morning America, which I think Good Morning America is a part of the ABC family. Like even to be under that umbrella, like y'all knew it was going to have to be some sort of repercussions. And even now for them to be, you know, pulled from air, like at the end of the day, as good of an anchor as you think you are, like it's all about not so much credibility, but just with any news organization, like they still want to be held in a good light, a, a positive exactly. light. So be to be tied to a scandal, that's a no-no. They're like, mm-mm, they're not coming here. That's following you for the rest of your career. It's following you for the rest of your career. And even now, if they were to come out and kind of, you know, spill the beans and say what they have to say, it's kind of so much after the fact, like you did not get in front of this. So technically, people have already made up whatever story for you that they want. Like you can't get in front of this at any point in time. And again, I even when I was talking with somebody else, they're like, technically, they're a liability. Because, you know, right. living in the wake of the Me Too, Me Too movement, like affairs and people dating in the workplace, like that brings up a lot of allegations in terms of sexual Absolutely. harassment and sexual assault, just because even though they might have been consenting adults, like you still don't want to kind of implicate an association with that type of behavior like, okay, Absolutely. people are flirting with each other. People are kissing or just people are a little bit too touchy feeling like, again, I'm sure the higher ups were literally in a meeting that day. Like, okay, how do we <laughs> nip this in a bud quickly and efficiently? Like, how do we let the world know that this is not the place for any of that? I think that's- Adults are doing stuff like this. What an example. <laughs> like, what are you seeing? It is so crazy, but here we are, here we are, and here we just see these people's lives playing out ahead of us, and I mean, I'm sure, again, like you said before, to be an anchor on a nationally syndicated show with about 30 million viewers, I'm sure that was not an easy task, so to kind of just see your whole your entire career crumble because of that it's like hey you know what I don't because (laughs) you knew what you were doing you knew the consequences Mm -hmm. prior to you knew all that you had to evaluate all that you felt the guilt Mm -hmm. you knew that this could come out you just didn't know it was going to come out this way and your wife she's smart enough (laughs) I don't know what what this man was thinking like and really to not get on his case, but like he is a Leo, I found out, and I'm a Leo, but the Leo men are different now. I'm not trying to be petty with the Zodiac sign, but they are different. And they definitely carry the audacity of this level. Like this is expected. <laughs> but you know what? I'm trying again, I didn't want to make that about no. the Zodiac sign, but no. I do know about my own Zodiac sign. I love how I you brought that pattern up and trend of that. I love how you so, brought that up because if one thing, Leo man, if, if it's one thing that they are going to have is the audacity. The audacity. <laughs> so I, I'm happy you brought that up instead of me because so yes. I feel, I feel no bad. I, I don't feel any, I don't feel bad for him. I'm also a Leo woman. Like if I was in this situation, I wouldn't want anybody to feel bad for me. Like I would take the accountability. Yes, it's wrong. I, I would be ashamed, you know, embarrassment. It's okay to have those feelings. 
But at the end of the day, wrong is wrong. And, mm-hmm. you know, you did you did this wrong. Like, you're mm-hmm. a public figure. You're a personality. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> come on. There's too many things lined up and consequences here that you definitely examined and still didn't care. That, you threw that out the window. Threw it out the There's window? There's nothing for me to feel bad about. <laughs> threw it. You, you threw it out the window and then you kind of just pushed all of these other people aside. Like you said before, you have a family, you have a wife, like there are still other people that are very much a part of this whole thing that I'm You're sure. You're hurting them. Yeah, that I'm sure. Would, now they have to heal from this. That, Embarrassing. They, they don't want, yeah, they don't want to be a part of this scandal and now their name is in the midst their of name, this. Yeah. And it's reflecting her work too like it's you know it's it's all it's a damn shame is it he's involved even even the other lady the host her husband you know they Mm -hmm. have a book together like it's like come on like what are you representing (laughs) what you don't have no integrity these people are something else and and that's what it is it's the integrity part you can bounce back i feel like from so many things but once you're integrity is at risk that's where everything else just kind of falls apart because once people cannot trust you and believe you it's it's hard to bounce back from that especially when you are in this role where you should be telling the truth you should be like in a stand-up position and you're not like everything else falls by the wayside so like look how you became news now (laughs) Like now, literally, you were on the news. And- <laughs> you were on the news, and now you are the news. You are the news. Like now, people are reporting about you. How does it feel? Oh my gosh! I am j- like I can only imagine the Good Morning America group chat that day, like going into work. It's- like, are y'all see even the Today Show? I know the Today Show was NBC, oh, but wow, even wow, going wow. in, like mm-hmm. they did who did what like are you serious are you serious like even to just hear that I'm sure there were so many other things that just came into mind but you guys that is it for this week's episode it has been a pleasure having Alexandria here with me um and even then can you tell the people where they can find you at or any upcoming projects or announcements that you have I don't want to announce projects I feel like I keep doing that and it's just it's just, you know, every people up for the anticipation. So just, you know, we are coming up on a five-year um, anniversary. Nice. I didn't even know. I just really, life has been a little bit crazy for me, but also calm. But like, I've reflected back and I'm like, okay, we're coming up on five years. What does that even mean for me? So expect something for sure in this upcoming year. Of all the things that people have been asking me about, especially the community that's already following. But um, again, you can find me, well, Black Girls Love Vinyl is our handle for social media. We're primarily just using Instagram at this point. I have a personal Instagram. Feel free to follow me. Um, my handle is shy.days, um, D-A-Z-E, and shy spell S-H-Y. Um, feel free to like reach out to me, you know, within reason. <laughs> you know but I'm I, I love you know any recommendations for music and stuff again like that's perfectly fine um, but yeah make sure you're just following us on um Black Girls Love Vinyl see all the records on there and all the beautiful women represented all there for you so please support 
Yes, you guys. And I will make sure to put those handles in the description of this episode so you can easily visit and check out the latest in the music selection. But you guys, that's it for this week's episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.